Good evening, everyone. I'm Anne-Marie Cronin, and welcome to our live weekly medical radio show on News Talk 760 WJR. We're going to be talking about the prevention of disease and the urgency of taking action before the onset of serious medical problems. Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention, is with us again to tell you what you need to know about how early screening and knowing your profile can lead to the avoidance of heart attack and stroke altogether. Pre-screening and simple non-invasive tests can actually prevent Alzheimer's and many other chronic diseases. If you have a question, we're opening up the lines and taking your calls. So please make a note of this number, 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. This is your chance to talk directly to the doctor. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to all of our listeners to our live weekly medical show here on News Talk 760 WJR. I'm Anne-Marie Cronin and we're back again tonight to talk to you about prevention and why you have to start looking at healthcare from a different perspective. Dr. Brian Collender, MD, is joining us from Birmingham, Michigan to give us some hard talk about dealing with our health and making sure we get the necessary testing. We're inviting you to call in if you have a question at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. Dr. Collender, welcome again. As usual, we're anxious to hear what's the news of the week. Well, Anne-Marie, you know, I think we never talked about monkeypox. You know, we did a show a couple weeks ago. When I was up north, it was just kind of beginning to be in the news, and I didn't have a chance to learn anything about it. Then we were preempted by WJR for something I'm sure that was really important. Oh, um, yeah, we lost last week because the Mackinac Island, something or other that they do every every year. Oh, the business meeting right. at Mackinac. Okay, we got preempted for that, and so here we are. So. I thought we'd get more calls, although we weren't on last week. I thought we'd get more calls the week before about monkeypox. I'm glad we didn't. And so what I think is interesting about monkeypox is I learned, and I follow somebody on YouTube who doesn't get canceled somehow. His name's Dr. John Campbell. He's a Ph.D., I believe, and he's British. Mm-hmm. That's so good. he sounds really smart. Um, and he does a lot of uh, videos about Omicron and um, you know, what the current virus is, what strains are out. Uh, anyway, I think I find him very informative. And so most of what I'm talking about monkeypox is from him. Uh, so what I think is really interesting is that the NIH, National Institute of Health, um, has a $10 million grant toward monkeypox treatments. Um, so they're investing you know, $10 billion into the treatment of monkeypox. $10 million, $10 billion. Billion. Oh, my God. Billion. Oh my gosh. Which until, you know, a month ago, no one heard of and really was endemic to, like, sub-Sahara Africa. And outside of sub-Sahara Africa, there were no cases. So so there's been only, you know, 500 cases in the in the world in the last month. But that represents a you know, exponential increase in cases worldwide. You know, where there might only be 100 cases or 50 cases worldwide, in one month there's 500. Mm -hmm. So what's also interesting to know is that for the last three years, 
the uh, Wuhan Institute of Virology has been doing research on replicating uh, the monkeypox virus, like a third of it, not the whole virus, but a third of it, with the goal of making testing. So, you know, I think it's very suspicious and coincidental that you know the the Wuhan Institute and the the NIH have invested in monkeypox. And the thing that's interesting about monkeypox is that it's very similar to smallpox. So smallpox is, you know, very dangerous, has been eliminated from the world basically. And now that these labs can manufacture synthetically these viruses, it can be remade. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of similarities to what's happened before, you know, COVID, um, except I don't believe that these monkeypox cases have been released, but it opened our eyes to this, you know, to what this virus is. And oh, oh, lo and behold, there happen to be making parts of it in Wuhan. Oh, and lo and behold, uh, the NIH is investing in treatments for a condition that really affects nobody until recently. Okay, but is it as virulent and as serious and as infectious as COVID? Is it as well, dangerous? It's totally different. So the answer is it's more infectious and dangerous than COVID because COVID is infectious and dangerous to nobody right now. So to that point today, it's way more dangerous than COVID because COVID has no issues at all. But it's not as dangerous as smallpox, which is you know lethal or can be lethal. Let's take a question before we lose some time and we'll come back on the next segment to continue the conversation on monkeypox. Do you have a caller, Ashley? Yes, we have Greg calling from Shelby. Greg, what's your question? Hey, good evening, you guys, Mr. Positive. Hey, when it comes to the salubrious effects of exercise, Dr. Collender, what do you recommend, anaerobic activity or aerobic activity? And within those protocols, which exercises are out of the two? Uh, the aforementioned, uh, would give you the best bang for your buck, the best overall health. Well, thanks for calling, Greg. And I hope you got the message from my office. It was Stialto with a T, S-T-I-O-L-T-A, so, or S-T-I-O-L-T-O. So exercise, you know, unlike the government, which has a one-size-fits-all vaccine remedy treatment for COVID, everything I do is personalized. So the exercise recommendations that I make are patient-dependent. I have to look at the patient, look at what their capabilities are, look at what their knowledge base is for exercise, and we put together a program that fits what they can do and what they need to have done. So it really depends on the person, and I don't have that kind of, you know, here's aerobic, anaerobic. It depends on what that person needs um, and what who that person is. So... Um, I spend a lot of time in the gym and a lot of time researching exercise for my own benefit, so I feel like I know something about it, and I make those recommendations on a case-by-case basis. But it's obviously patient-specific, as the doctor said. Okay, right now we've got to take a short break. Again, you're listening to our weekly live medical radio show where we keep you up to date on all medical solutions from dealing with COVID to avoiding catastrophic disease. We are here with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, talking about prevention. If you have a specific question and you'd like to talk to the doctor directly about what you need to do to prevent or reverse disease, 
please call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. If you're just now joining us, I'd like to let you know that we're welcoming you to our special weekly medical radio show on News Talk 760 WJR. We are back again with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention in Birmingham, Michigan. After 20 years in practice and watching patients die prematurely and unnecessarily, he's here tonight to give us some heart advice on what we need to do to avoid heart attack and stroke altogether. We're inviting listeners to call in with your questions at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. Ashley, you have a caller? Yes, we have Mario calling from New Baltimore. Mario, what's your question? Hey, good evening. Thanks for taking my call. My question for the good doctor is, after having COVID, I noticed that I have um, a lot of shortness of breath, Um, And I've developed some even heel spurs, which have nothing to do with that, I know. But um, I'm I'm getting treated for my heel spurs with orthotics and some shots and and things like that. But I notice that even when I try to walk more to lose a little bit more weight, uh, I am am out of breath. And I don't know if you've heard of anyone, another case of folks who have had COVID and and the after symptom was shortness of breath. Well, thanks for calling, Mario. I would not assume that the shortness of breath you're having is from COVID if you're having exertional symptoms. So let's just go with the normal things and think, you know, when you have exertional shortness of breath, I think about heart problems. And if you don't have any prior lung issues, that you've got to get a cardiac workup and make sure that you're not at risk for having some kind of an event. And I'm saying that because we just don't have any remedies for managing post-COVID right now. And believe me, I'm trying. Um, you know, everything I've heard, I've tried on my patients who've been, you know, willing guinea pigs for different things, but nothing's really worked. So let's just go back to the basics. People, heart, the most common cause of death in this country is heart attack. So if you're having exertional shortness of breath, you got to be worried about your heart. You're suggesting you're overweight, which means you may have some underlying drivers of inflammation Go get checked out. That's the most important thing. Don't assume it's COVID. Where does he start getting checked out? I mean, well, you does he start, start with his primary care physician, yeah, a cardiologist want? Well, I'm a primary care physician, so the first thing is go to the PCP, and um, but go soon. Uh, and I wouldn't exercise enough to generate these symptoms because um, until you get checked out, make sure it's safe to exercise. All right. Thank you for calling. Uh, Ashley, you have another call? Yes, we have David calling from Windsor. David, what's your question? Yes, good evening, doctor. One of the COVID comment that I would like to make, as I've said before, and I don't mean to exhaust you of it, but when it comes to going down to a camp for the blind and the visually impaired north of Toronto, um, they're, requ- they're still quite adamant about a vaccine, meant about a vaccine requirement. And many times I'm hearing so many people on radio, on many shows, and I'm hearing many hosts talk or many doctors say that many people have gotten ill again from the same virus because of these doses of vaccine. And every time many of, many of us and people in my building do not believe that, but many times they can be caught 
that could, these shots and as well as the vaccine, when you, if you get it again, would not be cause, causing premature death. And how do you get people to understand that? Well, unfortunately, Dave, and I feel for you that Canada, I, there's no explanation what's happening in Canada, the United States. You know, even Israel, which has vaccinated their population four times and sometimes five, has all of a sudden eliminated all travel restrictions. You don't, anyone with any vaccine status can now go to Israel without any issues. And and the UK has done the same thing a few months ago. A lot of countries are recognizing that vaccination has no bearing on whether you will or will not get COVID. And all the evidence is pointing toward ADE, which we've not talked about on the show before, which is um, antibody-dependent enhancement. That means that when you keep getting the same vaccine to the wrong virus, your body creates an antibody response that doesn't fix, that doesn't affect the virus that you're getting. So it's actually very dangerous to get a vaccine that doesn't work. So this is a great explanation for why multi-vaccinated people, you know, who've had their third and fourth vaccines are still getting COVID. It's because they're generating an antibody response that has no impact on their ability to fight the virus. And the idea that someone may say, well, I'm not as sick as I would have been if I didn't have these boosters is complete nonsense. It's BS. That's the media propaganda that they're listening to. The reality is you get COVID whether you've been vaccinated or not vaccinated these days. And the real danger is having been vaccinated because you're developing an antibody response to a, the, a wrong virus. And if you really are, are at risk, now you get COVID, your body generates an antibody response to something different. It's spending all its energy on the wrong problem. So now it's a real, you should not get vaccinated um, anymore by these vaccines. So David, I feel for you and I don't have an answer for you. The problems you're having are affecting me personally. I mean, not just because I'm empathetic, but because they're literally affecting me. I want to go to Canada and, you know, I won't share my personal health information, but we can't get to our cabin because of Canada's inane policies. And so we have a cabin in northern Ontario that I haven't seen in two years. It's probably going to turn into three because of their nonsense. So hopefully well, one day. Well, you've been day- vaccinated. How did that happen? I mean, what's what's the problem? Or is it booster A and booster B that you need in order to We're not going to talk about my personal issues. No, but I mean, the reason why I'm asking you is because I know a lot of people out there, friends of mine, that just went and got booster A and booster B. I don't know if we're on booster C or not. Turn the front burner on and then we'll move topics. But, David, I'm having the same problem. I can't get to Canada because of vaccine issues. And this is a segue to the next problem. And we may have to talk about this more next segment, but there's a there's a movement that's being driven by the pharmaceutical companies. It's being driven by Pfizer and Moderna, and the concept is called future framework. And future framework is the process of these pharmaceutical companies to create new mRNA-based vaccines and put them right to the public without any other studies. And the groundwork has been laid by ignoring 
the negative outcomes of the current vaccines and the media um, ignoring and canceling anybody that has anything negative to say about the current vaccines so that the FDA can now just allow whatever these drug companies want to put out, if it's mRNA, into the public domain without any safety data or efficacy data. So there's going to be new vaccines coming out, these new Omicron variant vaccines. And frankly, by the time they come out, Omicron's gone. There'll be something new. And they're not going to have any data. There won't be anything published. There won't be any safety data. But because of this future framework concept, it's going to be, the FDA will approve it. Whether it'll be, and I don't know how they're going to do this with emergency use. That's the other question. I don't know how they're going to get around that. How they're going to put through these new vaccines as emergency use when there's no emergency. Let's see what they do. I don't know the answer. So what are you saying? There's a blanket approval of research for vaccines for mRNA viruses. So they've just sort of passed the litmus test because of the fact that we had to get all these other uh, vaccines out because of COVID. Is that what you're saying? And we probably have to come back and talk about this on the other on yeah, the other side, there's but... a blanket approval for distribution of the vaccines, not research, for administering them to the public without any overarching oversight or research or safety at all. That's what the future framework is. And you got to tell your, we'll talk more, but you got to vote against it. Well, yeah, we've got to find out more about it for sure. Right now, we have to take a quick break. You are listening to a special live medical broadcast on the prevention and medical management of disease. If you have a specific question and you would like to talk to the doctor directly about what you need to do to avoid heart attack and stroke, or you have a question on any of the subjects we're discussing tonight, please give us a call at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to our special live medical broadcast on News Talk 760 WJR. We are fortunate to have Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention here tonight to give us some straight talk about two important topics, prevention and being proactive. Please tune in to our weekly shows Sunday afternoon at 3 p.m. and live Thursday at 7. We're inviting you to call in with your questions and talk to the doctor directly at 800-859-0957. Again, that number here is 800-859-0957. We're waiting to hear from you. Dr. Collender, I mean, I just sort of missed this. And over the break, I didn't ask you to follow up on this. Are you saying that the, you know, the vaccines have like carte blanche for mRNA, um, you know, infections and diseases? What I'm saying is that the FDA is promoting this program called future framework has basically been written by Pfizer Moderna. And this is a process that which future vaccines can be fast tracked into the public without a whole lot of research or safety data, which is obviously a bad idea. And COVID has pretty much laid the groundwork for this to happen. So the people on the FDA are very biased toward using vaccines. And despite what seems obvious to me, which is these vaccines are not that helpful, 
the pharmaceutical companies cannot keep up with the mutations of the of the viruses and the safety data has been buried intentionally by the FDA and the pharmaceutical companies and even under court order they've not been releasing the information so there's a reason I've not really had this information to put forward since the February data dump is because there haven't been any data dumps. Mm-hmm. They're not they're not putting the information out the way they've been ordered to, with the thought, well, maybe it'll just go away, and now they're coming up with new programs that just allow new vaccines to be approved, and this basically just means the FDA is a revolving door: cash in, drugs out. They don't serve any purpose toward keeping us healthy or making sure that we're safe from unscrupulous pharmaceutical industry products. It's a total waste. And so, you know, from a realistic perspective, COVID's over. You know, people are getting sick. I just had a 95-year-old patient end up, he did end up in the hospital. I made sure he did not get remdesivir. The hospital policy forbade him from getting monoclonal antibody. Can you believe this? An 95-year-old guy. Why, why would they do that? Because it's their policy to not give monoclonal antibodies to inpatients. But why? Because they're dumb. Well, I, aside from the fact that they're dumb, there has to be a prevailing reason why they're not willing to give something that's been proven to because help the, to cure the disease in the question. In, the indication for monoclonal antibodies is like for mild to moderate COVID. Well, this guy had mild to moderate COVID. He barely had it. Just he was old and he got a little dehydrated and dizzy and weak and he needed to be in the hospital for IV fluids. If you think that being in the hospital means that you're severely ill, well, then you're too severe to get monoclonal antibodies. Mm. But no one's using their brain. The box is checked in this direction so he didn't get the treatment. What does it hurt to give this old guy some monoclonal antibody and maybe, you know, he didn't need it, but maybe he did and maybe he would have. And if he would have needed it, he would have died because of the stupid hospital policy. Mm-hmm. You know, and shockingly, this wasn't Beaumont or Henry Ford. <laughs> what do you it mean was by one of the other. Well, because, <laughs> you know, that's, I'm sur- well, they weren't involved, so okay. I shouldn't be so shocked. I'm sure they would have made a similar decision. Well, um, sad story, but let's take he's another He's fine. Call. No, he's fine. He's home. He's done well. He had basically no treatment except fluids. Mm-hmm. It's a great story. The, the great story is I kept him from getting remdesivir, which is what they would have given him, which and would have killed him. It would have for sure. For sure. Unbelievable. I mean, so you can't really Because that's what you're allowed to get in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Liquid death. So people need to rely then on their primary care physician and not go into the hospital when they get COVID. Good luck. Well, you're being very pessimistic tonight. So I think I'm going to, let's take another call, Ashley, before Dr. Collender gets more pessimistic, (laughs) right? (laughs) Yes, we have Robert calling from Detroit. Robert, what's your question? Yes, good evening. Um, So a quick question and a statement first. I just uh, switched over from another radio station about 15 minutes ago. That was a good move. What's okay, that? what's your question? I said that was a that good was, move. What's your question? He, well, the the question is, let, let me just say what the uh, this person was saying. There was a public health official, I don't remember his name, but he was being interviewed, and he he was mentioning uh, the the uh, the notion that there are four new variants of Omicron out, 
and he went on to explain that they, these are more uh, – one word he used was more fit than the previous variants. And I thought Omicron was a variant, isn't it? Yes. Isn't Omicron a variant? So, so he's yeah. talking about <laughs> variants to a variant. But anyway, so um, – and, and then he went on to explain how, you know, they were, they were um, a little more infectious basically than the other variants. Of course, he went on to encourage people to get vaccinated if they hadn't been vaccinated and boosted. So the question is, are you aware of these these uh, these three or four new variants of uh, COVID and what's your take? You know, there's dozens of variants of COVID, of uh, SARS-CoV-2, and, and not all of them are clinically relevant. So the current active variant is BA2 of Omicron. And I'm sure there's there's other variants coming across, but until there's a variant that does anything, we'll take it to be you know we'll take it as it comes. But I would not okay. use a vaccine for Alpha, the original Wuhan virus, you know that came from China. I would not use those vaccines on something that's mutated into something totally different. Why would you? They're totally different. The vaccine is meant for another version of the virus. They have nothing to do with each other anymore. So what you're doing by getting a vaccine is you're triggering your immune system to get active against a virus you're never going to see. So then when you get Wuhan, or sorry, you get Omicron. Thank you. Amory almost jumped out of her chair. When you get Omicron BA2 or whatever is the next one in line, your body can only make antibodies to the the Wuhan virus because that's the antibody that's a vaccine that you got that trained your immune system so now your immune system's geared up to fight something your body's seeing something else that's ADE and that's why vaccines are not helpful anymore and people who are vaccinated are getting sicker there's no need to be vaccinated the key to managing people is early treatment access to a doctor who can walk you through being sick and stay out point. of the darn hospital because you can't get any treatments that work there. Uh, quick question. I know we have another caller, but should we take the caller right now? Ashley, well, who's your caller? Uh, we have Kathy calling from Washington. Kathy, what's your question? My question is, I uh, lately, the past couple of years, I've been bruising exceptionally a lot on my back of my hands and, and arm, forearms. I'm not running into anything. And I don't know if I should be concerned about it. It's just very annoying and looks awful. Are you on aspirin? No, I do not take aspirin. I'm allergic, apparently, to aspirin. I take um, Tylenol once in a while. Well, it's probably a good idea just to get a blood count and make sure that you have a normal blood count. You have enough platelets that keep you from, you know, you know, protect you from vascular injury. People, as they get older, the skin gets thinner and you can bruise more. But still, if it's an unusual amount, you're not taking any drugs that cause blood thinners, blood thinning, then no. you should go to the doctor and just get a blood count at least and make sure that's okay. I recently got the results from this more extensive blood testing. I don't know, fibrinogen activity A, activity B, um, well, I don't so, know that we can go through that on the phone, on the show, no, we but it can. sounds like you had, a, you had a pretty good workout. All right. In the meantime, we've got to take a quick break. You are listening to a special live broadcast tonight where the topic is your health and how to prevent disease. When we come back, if you have a specific question on the subjects we're discussing tonight, 
and you'd like to talk to the doctor directly, please call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that number is 800-859-0957. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to the final segment of our special weekly live broadcast here on News Talk 760 WJR on the importance of being proactive and informed of the resources available to prevent and treat chronic and debilitating disease. You're listening to the expert advice of Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician, and one of the very few specialists in prevention in this country. If you have a question for the doctor, now is your chance to call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. Dr. Collender, I don't want to hog up the final segment there. We do have another caller, and then we'll come back to Ashley's situation. Go ahead. Yes, we have Rosemary calling from Warren. Rosemary, what's your question? Um, My question is, what can we do to protect our children six months and above if this vaccine that I am totally against gets put on the school vaccine chart? I'm very worried about it. I have grandchildren. And my whole family has been lucky enough. we, We did not. Nobody got the vaccine. Nobody lost their job. For you know, it worked out, and so I'm I'm very upset about it because I do have children, grandchildren. Yeah, uh, no, I hear you. And this is the problem: is that they've snuck all this garbage into the vaccine schedule to just make it automatic, and it shouldn't be there. Kids under five don't get COVID at all. Their you know their immune systems fight it. I mean. The whole thing about vaccinating, I'm going to say people under 30 should not be getting vaccinated at all unless they specifically have a serious health condition that puts them at risk. You know, they're bad diabetics, they've got immunodeficiencies, they have cancer, then okay, go ahead. But young people should not be getting vaccinated. They've got the ability to fight the virus. And this is why I'm talking about the FDA issues here because they've allowed this to happen. They've allowed this to be normalized when it shouldn't be. And, you know, we're going to talk about Ashley for a minute. We asked Ashley if she got vaccinated. On the break, yeah, Ashley, you got the boost. You got the booster. Yeah, like about a week ago. And you've had COVID how many times? Twice now. So you've already had the two original what, Pfizer. Was that what you got the first time? Yeah, I had both of them. And yeah. then you got COVID during, after, or when did you get your first case of COVID? Um, I got my first case of COVID in like September and I didn't get the boost or the vaccination long after. And then I got COVID again about two weeks ago. And then I got the booster pretty much right after that. Okay. Now let me ask you a question. How sick were you? With COVID, when, did you did you find out you had COVID because you were very sick, or did you did you find out you had COVID without knowing without having any symptoms from the last time I got it? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I had like no symptoms at all. I was just tired and I had a headache, and so we just went to the doctor and then they tested me for it, and then that's when I found out. But I really didn't think I had that at all. And then you were told by your grandmother that you needed to go and get a booster, and you just. Went out and got a booster. Dr. Collender, I mean, see, this is what I'm saying. It's the public. It's not the FDA. It's not Fauci. It's where the public are out there. They just think that somebody's mentioning the word booster. Let me get in line to get a booster. But it is the FDA. That's who's telling 
these school districts and the states to put it on the vaccine schedule. Hers wasn't through a school district. Right, but, but you know. You no, know, but I, I see the last caller was talking right, about Right, but it. that's, but nor, so it's one thing for Ashley to be forced by her grandmother to get a booster because all media is telling you to get a booster. You know, all mainstream media, unless you are looking for other answers or a WJR listener, and I don't know what's going on the rest of the time, uh, 24 hours, three hours a day on the state on the station, but we're the only ones not being canceled by the station to talk about this. So the overwhelming... What do you mean they're lucky we're here? What are you talking what's about? What I mean, I'm just saying, I don't know what's going on. You know, I don't know what the other people are saying on the, on the, on the shows, but we're the only... That's all anybody hears is get a vaccine and get the boosters. And I just want to make it clear. I've not had a booster. I got the vaccine early because I thought it's something I should do as a doctor and as a leader in my practice. And had I known that COVID gives you better immunity than any vaccine would, and I had COVID like on day one, I would not have gotten a vaccine at all. And I'd be totally unvaccinated. So the only reason I did is because I thought I should. And as soon as I learned that natural immunity is better than vaccinated immunity, and here's the thing for Ashley, she's listening to the show, she's here. It's hard to tell your grandmother, not I'm not getting vaccinated because I'm immune because I just got COVID. Yeah. And the reality is, is we don't know how our natural immunity is doing and how long it's lasting with these new variants because they're coming and going so quickly. So it's they're just, it's just a cold now. It's just a cold. But let me let me just before we run out of time here, let's go back to the beginning of COVID. I mean, you I, I feel as though you did the right thing by getting vaccinated and by telling your patients to get vaccinated because That's all we knew then. But also you are extremely healthy and you're a doctor. Now you've got a patient population of anywhere between twenty and ninety five years old. Some of them are compromised, they have pre existing conditions. The last thing you want is somebody to not be able to fight it off and to, you know, suffer early death, which happened a lot. So I think you did the right thing. And I think you're getting the vaccines and telling your patients to get it. And let's not forget that Delta was a whole hell of a lot worse. Well, there was than, the Alpha. So then Delta right, was different. Right. And But they were know, still both bad. They were both bad. Um, oh, no, granted, back then, that's all we had. And we didn't know what else to do. And. I used to tell the listeners that I really hope the government's not trying to kill us um, and giving this vaccine. And then I learned they are. So now we know better. And you, all you have is the information that you have at the time. So we're learning as we go. And this is something the government's not doing. Just like this person on the other station is saying, people, go get vaccines that are outdated and obsolete. Why would you do that now? But here's how they buy into the propaganda, because I'm talking about mainstream America. It's just like Ashley was a very young person, healthy, had COVID twice. And her grandmother said, you know, oh, there's a booster right there. We've all got to run out, line up and get a booster. And this is prevalent in well, the society. This and is she's the... not checking with Fauci and she's not checking with the FDA. Well, he's setting the tone. Doesn't matter. And I'm talking about everyday Americans. I'm well, talking about the people that don't know Fauci. They're setting personally. the policy and he doesn't have to show his face anymore because he's got all the media doing his bidding because Pfizer's bought all the ads. So they bought all the ads. They bought the, they bought the content of the news and they're telling everybody what to do. 
That's that's the medical industrial complex that is makes money off of you being sick. And that's well, why that's... prevention's not being covered. And that's why we're being sold a bill of goods in the vaccine world. That's why we're all going to be getting monkey virus vaccine soon because they'll find a way to get it out there and scare the crap out of you to get a monkey virus vaccine. Yeah, yeah, that's coming next. Money. It's all about it's all about making money. They're we gonna, know that. Right. And it's all about the society that treats you when you're sick well, and they make money by you being sick. People need to be aware that you've got to focus on prevention, identify the disease that you have early, meaning screen for plaque and get on a program that prevents chronic illness before you have the chronic illness. That's right. why it's prevention. Right, exactly. And I think that's, you know, very important and why the show is very important is that people need to understand what prevention is, that it does exist and that you don't have to die from a heart attack or a stroke, which is what you've been saying every week for the past two years. So let's hope everyone's listening. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time. So I'd like to quickly thank Dr. Brian Collender, MD, specialist in prevention for being here tonight and for being willing to share his expertise and knowledge with regards to not only the prevention of disease, but also on the importance of being proactive and engaging with a practice that provides access to the necessary testing. This show is brought to you by Colander Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin. We hope you got some useful information tonight on how to be your own advocate and take charge of your health, whatever your medical journey. Please continue to tune in to our show Sunday afternoon at 3, Thursday evening at 7, live for the latest medical updates. And thanks for listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Good night and be well. Opinions heard in the preceding program are those of the host and guests and not those of Cumulus Media or WJR Radio.